a Radio 191 FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Dr. Jeff Nola Morena to you, my friend. Kia ora, Jamie. How are you? Not too bad in yourself. A box of birds. Oh, a box of birds. Yeah, That's good. Yeah, all Chip feathers and shit. Yeah, but yeah. you're an academic. You shouldn't be like that at this time in the morning. Oh, you start early, mate. I was, <laughs> the reason I was a little bit late, actually, was I was going through emails. So, yeah. Ah, you're good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Uh, it's funny. Um, whenever I give academics a choice of time for an interview, they always go with the latest. Right, yeah, oh, do as, they? Yeah, as, as late as they can go. And a lot of You're talking are, to the wrong ones. Yeah, I, I, I know, a lot of them are like, oh, it's not a good time for academics, that's too early. All right, fine. Uh, but you're here, which is great. Right, and you're here because um, there's a survey right now that you have um, developed um, that is out in the wider public. It's open for a little bit longer now and it is surveying uh, medicinal cannabis users, uh, uh, their habits, uh, their choices, uh, I guess, of how they consume. Um, are you talking about how they uh, procure cannabis as well? We're talking about everything, Jamie, yeah. The survey is uh, it's online only um, and it's accessed through a uh, medicinal cannabis patient uh, advocacy website called NCAN, so that's Medicinal Cannabis uh, Patients, Medicinal Cannabis Awareness New Zealand. They've got, they've got quite a big presence on Facebook. They've got about, uh, probably about 12,000 members. Um, and, and it's not uncommon these days, for, for, depending on the kind of research you're doing on cannabis, to actually harness the, um, the, the, the Facebook uh, groups as, 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 because they, they, you get all these special interest groups. Mm-hmm. So that's actually, you know, it sounds a bit dodgy, oh, they're doing research on Facebook f- with, through Facebook, but there's actually some quite good research that we get through that. And so the, the survey itself is uh, it's modelled on an Australian questionnaire mm-hmm. that um, <clears throat> was... Uh, First run in 2016, and they published it last year in the New Zealand in the Australian Medical Journal. And um, in the process of setting up for our project, uh, and that was online only as well. In the, in the process for setting up for our project, we, uh, you know, the, the people I was working with, I'm, I'm a consultant researcher, so I do. Mm-hmm. I've got a small time gig at the med school here, but I also do my own independent research, That's which right. is what this is. And um, you know, so I was talking with the, the sponsor of the project, MCANS, and, and they said, um, oh, well, you know, we've got these questions, and they, and they were aware of the survey. They're very onto it. The person who runs it's a guy called uh, Shane LeBrun. He's their coordinator. He's, I call him the Terminator. He just he just oh, keeps going. Mm-hmm. He's relentless, you know. <laughs> but, uh, oh, no, well, we quite like the survey. The Aussies have done. We'll do something like that. And, and so I said, well, you know, why don't we just get hold of them and see if we can use the same survey in Adapter for New Zealand? Yeah. B- because, you know, one of the advantages, there's a couple of advantages here. One is that you're actually using a survey that's already been trialled, you know, yeah, and it's important. Yeah. I mean, you can anybody can make a survey up, you know, and there'll be people who are doing marketing at uh, uni here who are listening to this and they're going, yeah, well, we know all about surveys. So, <laughs> you know, you can make up surveys and you can put anything you want in it. <clears throat> but, you know, the old story, does it actually measure or capture yeah. the data that you want? Because, you know, how have you asked the questions? How are the people that you've asked the questions of responding to those? You know, So if you've got a survey that's already been run by someone else, um, then you know for a start, and they've they've put it through focus groups, and they've had user groups come back and say, yeah, this is a good question, or this isn't, you know, you've, you've got something at work. So that's the first reason why it's a good idea to do that. Yes, indeed. Um, we did have, MCANS also has, that they have like a planning group as well, which consists of about 40 people. So those were people that could have a look at it as well after, after we, you know, tweaked it a bit for New Zealand. But the second thing is, though, there's an opportunity there to compare results with Australia. Yeah. 
And so when I contacted the Aussies about using their um, survey, fortunately it was before the uh, World Cup final, so, <laughs> so they weren't too dark on that sort of stuff. But um, <laughs> but um, the um, when I contacted them and I said, well, look, you know, what do you think about working together and maybe combining, doing a com- some combined research? They were really keen. So so straight away you've got some some runs on the board. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, to continue that metaphor. So um, <laughs> so so that's that's how that's how it started off. Uh, and then it's, as I say, it's online only. And we're basically looking at all facets of medicinal cannabis, of use of cannabis by people who identify they're using it therapeutically. So we start off with some basic demographics, um, ethnicity, age, uh, gender, stuff like that, income, so on. We ask where people uh, live. Mm-hmm. You know, just the region. We don't want the street number, and uh, it's, it's actually well. The first thing we do actually with the questionnaire is um, it's got at the front end of it. We've it's gone through uh, the um, Health and Disabilities Ethics Commission, so it's an ethically approved project. I mean, if you're doing research with people, uh, whether it's a university or independently like myself, you, you know, you do have to have ethical approval for what you're doing when it, when it involves people, especially if you're asking people about stuff that's illegal. Yeah, you know, you really do need to think about the person. Are they going to be anxious? You know, what's the harm of answering a survey? Oh, what harms could there be? Well, you know, having done it, you lie awake at night thinking, "Oh, Jesus, I'm going to get my eyes." Yeah, 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 that's right. That's Fuck, right. Who's, what's that knocking on? The, who's that knocking on the door? You know, so you really want to avoid that kind of anxiety, especially if it's coupled with the use of cannabis. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, what have I done? Pass the bong. Yes. So you know, so the CBDs. Yeah, so so you've got that kind of stuff going on. Um, but uh, once we got it up and running, um, you know, we, and so we ask about the area where they come from or the region. And I have to say that Otago has been really interesting. We, you know, we get I, I can go online and look at, at what the results are as, as it's happening. And um, we're up to we wanted two thousand people. Mm-hmm. We ran it. We started it. We actually launched it on J Day. Yeah, of course. Now that wasn't really planned, but but because of our ethical approval, we got that on the Friday, and I think the fourth was a Saturday, and there was this whole big thing of may the fourth be with you sort of stuff. So, Indeed. so we launched it on J Day, and it finishes at the end of this month, thirty first July, which is next Wednesday, and um, we wanted two thousand people, and it went off like a rocket, and within two weeks we had thirteen hundred. Yep. People had had access to the survey, and we're now up to about twenty eight hundred and fifty five. I looked this morning before nice. I came on your show, so it's really going well. Um, and we asked about the regions, and and so Otago is interesting. You know, it's about f- less than five percent of the national population is in Otago, but over seven percent of our respondents are from Otago. So that's just an example. Auckland, on the other hand, um, you know, it's about thirty five percent of the country's population, and it looks like it's about twenty two percent of our respondents are from there. So the Auckland uh, folks are dragging the chain a little bit um, from that point. Of view but we ask about that sort of stuff and then we move into the more interesting stuff um well you know it's all interesting for me as a, as a researcher of course. But, <laughs> but so we ask about people's um you know there's a lot of research happening at the moment and there's also policy legislation that's that's there's been a recent am- right. amendment to the misuse of drugs act uh which allowed for allows for some forms of medicinal cannabis uh, and so we ask people about uh, stuff around their, their doctors, what they're doing. And even though most people have a GP and, and slightly under half have a specialist, so obviously there's something going on there. And, and a lot of the people we suspect are answering this are chronically ill people. Yep. You know, they're, they're people who've had a long-term illness. It might be something, it could be something really, you know, very, very unfortunate, you know, cancer or some, something of that nature. Could also be commonly chronic pain is a big deal. That, that's a huge of deal, course. chronic pain. Uh, and there's a lot of stuff that goes with chronic pain, like um, depression and anxiety. Um, I don't know if you've ever had any long 
standing pain yourself, Jamie. But no. but but if you have, you know, and it could be something as simple as sciatica or something like that from a damaged disc, or you know, well, I've but, got pancreatitis at the moment. Oh, you have uh, tendonitis. I've had for many years. Oh, really? <laughs> oh, well, you know exactly what I'm talking about. And and so you know, you you you're seeing people then who are suffering these conditions, and so they've got these specialists. But interestingly, when we ask them, okay, you know, have you told your specialist the fact that you're using medicinal cannabis mm. or cannabis medicinally? Something like, or over half of them didn't, like about two-thirds almost, didn't tell their, their specialists. Uh, and uh, more of them told their GPs, like only about yeah. 40% hadn't told their GPs. Uh, and then we had nurses as well. Not a lot of people told their nurses, either if there's a specialist nurse involved. So you've got that kind of stuff going on, which is really interesting. Because interesting. if you've got, and as someone who's a, a long-term uh, sufferer of, of you know, pain and so on, you know, if, you've, if you're on a bunch of different meds or whatever... Um, and you're using also cannabis, but you haven't told anybody about it in terms of the people who are looking after you. You know, there's issues there. So we ask about that sort of stuff. Are you stuff. asking why they're not talking to their doctors? Well, part, yeah, part of the good, good point. Part of that question is, well, okay, what did they, when, when you did tell them, for those who did, how did they respond? And so you've got about 5% across all professions who are, you know, the, the, the patient. Remember, this is only patients saying what they say so it's not it's not you know we're not getting two sides of the story here right yeah, it's yeah, only yeah, patient yeah. survey yeah but they will say five percent will say oh my health professional is strongly against cannabis you know which is kind of an interesting idea that someone would be strongly against that, that. i mean it, it doesn't mean to say that, that cannabis is a panacea or it's going to cure everything and why the hell don't you know about that but it is kind of like well it does apparently work for some people some people will say so the idea that you might be against it as a health professional sort of, to me, smacks of some kind of moral Yeah, very much so, right? That's rather a than, type thing. Yeah, rather than a sort of scientific view. But, yeah. but then, of course, we don't know because we haven't talked to the doctors. Yeah. Um, a, a bigger proportion, 10 or 12%, maybe, will say, oh, no, they're lukewarm, you know. And then you get into the a bigger proportion, slightly more than that, you know, 16 17% will say, oh, they're quite supportive. And then another 10%, maybe, or a bit less, might say they're very supportive. So, so you've got a split with the doctors in terms of how they respond, apparently, to their patients. So that, and that sort of goes across the board. GPs are most supportive. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then we also ask people, well, what sort of information, you know, did you get from your doctor when, um, you know, when you told them that that's what you did? And so some of them, and we've got questions, well, information on the harms, and, and so quite a few people got that, and then information on the benefits, less number of people got that. And the one that was really interesting for me was about 40% of patients, upon telling their health professional that they used cannabis medicinally, their health professional gave them no information at all, mm. you know, which is really interesting. It's kind of like, oh, you come in, you know, you're the doc, oh, doc, look, I'm doing this, and okay, and that's it, Yeah, you know. So, so again, that speaks to education, you yeah. know, education for doctors and I guess for patients too about feeling, uh, you know, comfortable and confident to actually express that kind of stuff. Do you, think, you, do you think doctors kind of, you know, for the most part just rely on their training when it comes to everything and just only stick to the areas they know and go down the paths that they believe? I mean, I know you're not talking to doctors, but because cannabis has been outside of their training and what they know, do they, do they, do they fear it? Um, you know, do, and if it was pushed on them by big pharma, like a lot of things are, um, you know, would, would, there, would, they, would they be different to it? I wonder. Yeah, well, that's a really interesting question, and and um, for for a couple of reasons actually. Um, I, I I think that a lot of it is knowledge and education. Yeah. So if you're a physician, 
and you don't know about something, I mean, I think I, I, the other, um, the work I do at the university is with the, in the Department of General Practice and, and Rural Health, which is a great little department. And um, so I, I spend a fair bit of time with, with GPs who are also academics, and they're really good people. And, you know, you get a sense from m- most, most doctors are pretty onto it. They're pretty smart people. They're very mm-hmm. caring and compassionate. They want to do the best for their patients. So, so if you don't know about something, you're not going to say something. Yeah. On the other hand, the other thing there is that there is also, of course, a huge sort of negative halo effect of uh, you know circulating around cannabis yeah. because it's been prohibited for so long. It's right. actually, actually prohibited since you know 1926 with the Dangerous Drugs Act. People, well, people don't even know why it was prohibited. Well, no, it's, it's funny just... actually. It's quite. A, if, if anybody out there's ever read, there's a great book you can read called New Zealand Green. Um, there's, a, there's a couple of great books actually. There's a few on the subject in New Zealand, and. Um, it was made illegal because the well the, the the English basically made it illegal two years before. So we did the same thing. Um, although it did go into the Ministry of Health, which was good, and and then two years later there was actually a, a conviction. Uh, a guy in Auckland imported some some hash from his brother in Fiji or something like that, and that was the last, the first and last conviction for the next forty years. Right. <laughs> so, wow. so they made a law. <laughs> they made a law that basically only one person disobeyed. It was probably <laughs> probably the most successful law we ever had. That's incredible. <laughs> that one person transgressed in about forty five years. So yeah. that, that, that's the sort of level of of paranoia around it. And so you know that of course has to have had some sort of impact on how physicians think about. Um, you know cannabis mm. but the other thing again is of course you know these days and I hear this around this department I work in they, they, they have this notion of the patient as expert yeah and so that's doctors uh, becoming more open with with as, as time goes on with their education and so on and recognizing that that even though a patient may not have a medical knowledge uh, and so on in, in the broad sense um, if you've got a chronic illness, you've actually, you know, you've actually probably made something of an effort to find out what you can do to, you know, reduce the symptoms associated. And we've got the internet now. We've got we, we've got Doctor Google. So, yeah, we do. you know, so so you've got you're getting these patients coming in, and they've got all this information. Now, it may or may not be accurate. It may be unfiltered, but they've got a whole lot of information. And and I think one of the things from my point of view is you're thinking about education of health professionals and of course also patients mm. you know the, the big issue that health professionals are going to increasingly face especially with the changes in the legislation that seem to be occurring is they're going to be confronted by these people who are convinced they know all sorts of stuff about yeah. cannabis and yeah. some of it they will know yeah so um, and of course some of them also have got a, a unique type of knowledge which is experiential knowledge you know yeah. and, and and you know we can get theoretical and talk about Michel Foucault and people like that but basically when you've got that kind of knowledge you know it's still a legitimate form of knowledge and if you're the person who's in pain or or suffering whatever it is that you are you know it works you know and you've tried it and and it's worked for you to sit there in an office with your 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 doctor's surgery and to be told oh no this is a bunch of crap and and no no you're you're kidding yourself and it doesn't work and the evidence isn't you know I mean you're actually going to be very frustrated with that so that's an issue I think that GPs in particular and also other health professionals are going to have to confront is anyone looking at it from their point of view as well is there a survey going around or is there any ideas well the ministry looking at a survey for doctors well there's 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 um, there's been a little bit of New Zealand information. This is remarkably, despite the fact that so many New Zealanders proportionately use cannabis for various means, and it's been estimated that of the 400 plus thousand, which is about 12% of people over the age of 15 who, who use report using cannabis in the previous year, 42% of them say they're using it medicinally. 
Okay, yeah. So there's a massive proportion doing that. The Green Party put out a uh, doctor survey, I think a number of years ago now. There's concurrently with our survey, they started a bit after us, there's, there's a group, a research group at Massey University um, who are doing a similar survey actually, and they're also talking to docs as well, a few doctors. Yeah. And in fact, we're thinking about in putting an arm of that into our project, even though it's wrapping up soon in terms of the online survey. And I've got a colleague up in the North Island in Tauranga, uh, and who's a GP up there, and mm-hmm. uh, we're looking at, um, he, f- he believes he's got a number of patients who might be using it, and so we're thinking about doing some clinical interviews as well, okay, so nice. to, to get some information there, yeah. Um, what, uh, what, do you, what do you want the outcome of this to be? Obviously you're going to get uh, uh, all, your, all the information you'd like, but where would you like that to go? Are you wanting this to inform policy? Because we are in a very big turning point at the moment. We do have the referendum coming up. You said some uh, changes to the Misuse of Drugs Act. Uh, there's a lot of other things going on as well when it comes to cannabis. Um, so where would you like this to go? Yeah, well, that's a good question too, Jamie. Um, Thanks. Oh, you're welcome, mate. You're doing, you're doing well. You're doing well. Um, yeah, well, actually, um, the uh, the Terminator and I went up to uh, Wellington um, <laughs> a couple of weeks, a few weeks, about three weeks ago now. We met with the Ministry of Health. It was actually mostly MedSafe officials uh, because from the point of view, from Shane's point of view, he, he's very much a lobbyist. He's, he's actually been incredibly successful at that. He's single-handedly... Uh, transformed the National Party's uh, drug policy in favour of of reforming some of the cannabis laws. Um, wow. he, he worked closely with Shane, Dr. Shane Reddy, who's a, a, the National GP, um, and so he's been very successful in doing that. Um, and so his point of view is lobbying for people who are medicinal cannabis patients, mm-hmm. and he's very keen to use our study, which is in fact why he commissioned it in the first place through MCANs, to apply leverage to policy because he sees a whole bunch of issues around that and the ministry I have to say um, were very receptive we had quite a number of people in, the, in our meeting um, we had mu- they were all pretty much from MedSafe and so MedSafe is, is the organisation that, that uh, controls um, Pharmac funds medicines but MedSafe is the kind of medical Bureaucracy, yeah. and they're the, they're the ones that, that say, okay, right, well, we can look at these medicines, we can gazette these ones, we can do this with these, whatever. So they were pretty keen, and, and I think a couple of things that came out of that meeting, one, one of them is that when you look at our people in the survey, we ask questions around route of administration, for example, you know, you're using a bong, a joint, a pipe, or whatever, uh, and the most predominant way is, is the bongs, about, mm-hmm, 27, yes. about 27% of people are using bongs. Sounds right. Um, a close second at about 23% is a joint. Uh, then comes pipes at around 17%. Uh, Vaporise is about 10%. Yeah. Uh, and a smaller number of people are, are eating cannabis. Yeah. And then you've got a very small, much smaller number using tinctures and, and um, applying it by balms and stuff. But the thing about the vaporiser, the smoking thing, is whether you, people think bongs are, um, are good because they cool down the smoke and so on, and they, they do, but you're inhaling water and other stuff, so it's actually not very good for your lungs. That's right. Okay, so the idea of a vaporizer is actually a really good idea. Um, It gets rid of a lot of those issues. Hey, but they're illegal. Yeah. So you've currently got legislation that's actually maximising the harm. So, so that's an example of how our project you know, can hopefully influence the ministry uh, and government and say, well, look, you know, yeah, you're moving in the right direction, but you do need to think about some of the things that you're doing that are ma- basically not working so well and how they could change and be made better. Look at like, the needle exchange. Yeah. Great example. Another one of my jobs, yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs>
and it is a great example. It's a, it's a great um, service. It's an amazing service. Uh, okay, so if people want to find out, if people want to get on and, and do the survey, once again, um, where do we go? Okay, so you can go MCAN, so that's just upper, uppercase caps. You just go M-C-A-N-Z yeah. in, in Google, or you can just go MCAN survey, and that'll bring yeah. you straight to it. Or if you get to the MCAN's homepage, you'll see the survey in there. Click on the survey. There's an information sheet to go through, and once you consent, you can just jump straight in there. Yeah, and you're totally anonymous, and you could be forming public policy in the future. Well, you will be forming, and you'll be contributing, and it gives you a voice. And this is a thing that people who use cannabis medicinally or, or non-medicinally, people don't, haven't historically had much of a voice. So if you're a patient and you feel passionate about this, and you haven't heard of the survey, or you haven't done it yet, please get online and give mm. it a go. And tell your doctor. They can't tell anyone. No, they can't. Yeah. No, no, that's right, yeah. <laughs> They're not allowed to say nothing to no one. That's right. Yeah, and if they if they look at you funny, just get a new doctor. <laughs> <laughs> hey, thanks, Jeff. That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. You can find more at r1.co.nz or wherever quality content is found.